And we are going. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the High Button Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Belanger. Today's episode is brought to you by Generous United. Generous United, their mission, their goal, what they are here to do is help make Atlantic Canadians healthier, okay? They are a membership-based buying group headquartered, like I just said, right here in Atlantic Canada in our own backyard. They are dedicated to making prescription drugs more affordable so we can all live healthier lives. We all know how the economy is right now. It goes up, it goes down. It's a little unstable. So what Generous United will do, they will allow you to afford prescription drugs right now so you can start living a healthier life. Whether it's you, a loved one, family member, same thing. Generous United is here to help. Your pharmacist, who is a local member of your community, who is also dedicated to making sure that you live a healthy your life will team up with Generous United to give you an attentive personalized service which at the same time will save you money. So think about that. You have a pharmacist and a company like Generous United teaming up together to make sure that you save money on your prescription drugs. Head on over to generousunited.ca that's G-E-N-R-U-S united.ca and see if there's anything that they can do to be helping you, a loved one, a family member and start living a healthier and better life today. Today's episode is also brought to you by Osprey Ridge Golf Course. Golf is in right now and with the restrictions opening up actually yesterday, you're able to travel to Osprey Ridge which is located 45 minutes to an hour outside of the HRM, okay? A Graham Cook designed golf course, family owned. So you know they're taking pride in it. The fairways are beautiful. The greens are nice and smooth so you can put that ball in just how you want it to go. And also they have a brand new renovated clubhouse with a patio looking over the golf course so you can enjoy a cold one after your 18 holes or after your 9 holes. Maybe grab some nachos with your buddy. It doesn't matter. If you head on over over to Osprey Ridge, you're going to have a great time. Maybe you'll shoot the lights out. Maybe you won't. It doesn't really matter. Golf is in this summer. It's helping everyone relax. It's helping everyone get outside, stay active. Osprey Ridge is here to help you enjoy your summer when it comes to the beautiful game of golf. I recently picked it up this year. I absolutely love it. And you can definitely find me at Osprey Ridge this summer. And actually, leading into golf, this podcast guest... Stuart Lenahan. We actually played hockey together growing up uh, in junior A, playing for the Halifax Lions and Metro Marauders. Uh, but I recently found out that Lenny was a unbelievable golfer. He's traveled all over Canada. I think he said during the podcast some places in the States as well. Uh, he's played in some amateur tournaments and he essentially just laid down what it takes to be a professional golfer and how difficult it is. And we compared the the, the lifestyle and, and the, the training I guess the trade, the dedication to training in order to become a hockey professional hockey player to becoming a professional golfer. And it was actually somewhat similar. There's a lot of golfers in this world, just like there's a lot of hockey players in this world. And uh, I was happy that Lenny came over and he uh, and he kind of explained the whole golf side uh, to me and essentially explained the golf world to me because it's something I can see myself playing for a long time. I love it. I'm addicted to it. Um and anyways, I think it's just going to be a great summer when it comes to the game of golf. And hopefully here with hockey, too. I know if you want my reaction yesterday to the Leafs-Habs game, it's a, you know, it's a, you know, Jesus, man. I don't even really know what to say. I just do know, like, you know, my last name is Belanger. I'm French. My dad grew up in Montreal. I was born into a Montreal Canadiens uh, fan base, and, you know, I'm very aware of the Toronto Maple Leafs fan base, and I, I will admit it, they are, uh, they are extremely passionate 
about their team. I'm not saying Montreal Canadiens fans aren't passionate about their team. They, they're Montreal Canadiens fans ride or die with their team. Um, but living in Nova Scotia for the majority of my life, I do see a lot more Toronto Maple Leafs fans, and uh, and I know they're extremely dedicated to that team and that organization. But hey, what are you gonna do? They're not, they can't they can't win. There's a curse. The Bambi or is it, what's the what's the curse there in the New York Yankees where Buddy played for Boston, and then he went over to New York and the ball went through his legs. I forget what that was called. I gotta drink my coffee here. One sec. Nonetheless, I think there's a curse in Toronto. I don't really know what's going on. You pay these guys. What, what was, was Miner making? 11 mil. What's Matthews making? 12 mil. Nylander actually played pretty well. Um, but I don't know. I just see a lot of skill on that team and not a lot of grit, to be quite honest with you. I'm not saying that Dubas uh, prefers skill over grit, but I don't know. At the end of the day, I think in order to win a cup, you need a lot more grit on a team than skill. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't know. Man, That was a tough series yesterday tough game to watch it wasn't even an exciting game on both sides I didn't think any team played particularly well I think the nerves got to both uh, both teams but nonetheless what are you gonna do good luck Montreal Toronto have fun golfing Toronto boys head on over to Osprey all right this is a great podcast we did it yesterday with Lenny so we did end it actually talked about our predictions for the game I think that's at the end of the podcast but nonetheless great episode with Stuart Lenahan I'm Justin this is the high button podcast here we go you know what comes next All right, Lenny, we are going. Cool, let's do it. Just like back in the Marauders days in the dressing room. Easy talk, <laughs> yeah. easy talk. Easy talk, man. How are you? Good, man, good. Thank you for coming, 4.30 on a Monday. I appreciate yeah, it. How, it. How yeah. was work? Work was busy. Happy to get out of there. Happy to be here, so. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. That's the thing, though. I remember I've been on a couple podcasts that weren't this one, and I enjoyed them a lot more. Being, like, talked to and ask, people asking you questions and trying to figure out your life, I, I like yeah, it. It's, it's, kinda, it's yeah. an enjoyable thing. Yeah, I think I think that's it too because I definitely, I mean, I mean for me and you it's just catch up too, right? Which is kind of cool. Yeah. Like it's just kind of, you know, it's and I'm I know I've seen a lot of guys that are on there too. Like you know a lot of guys that that you've had on here and and uh, and maybe just haven't talked to in a long time. So it's kind of yeah. cool just to see. It's almost a little bit like I said to see you doing a little bit of catch up. It's kind of cool to be in the seat doing some catch up. So I remember we had Clarky on the podcast and it was this was back like probably the before maybe like 150 maybe pushing 200 episodes and it was back where i used to like really get nervous before the episodes and i remember when clarky came over it was just there was no nerves it was just <laughs> yeah. like clarky what's going on yeah. let's just say this is the exact same thing how i feel yeah. like i just woke up from a nap like 30 minutes ago i was like lenny's coming over i yeah. can't wait it's gonna be great yeah sweet so when i was uh, i was talking to the plumbers golfs guys plumbers golf guys and they said you're the real deal at golf and back when we played hockey together i knew you golfed um, but apparently the level of talent that you have is quite incredible. I know it's hard to, for you probably to go, yeah, you're right, I do. But I, I've heard you know the game very well, and uh, I guess that's kind of what sparked me wanting to have you on here because I'm just getting into the game now. Yeah. And uh, I'm addicted to it, I guess you could say. I've, I've, I'm broke. I spent a lot of money on the game of golf so far, and I'm addicted to it. So I guess the question is, when did you start playing the game of golf? So I started playing, I mean, I was, I was 10 years old. For the, the first time that like I remember my old man took me and my my older brother out and I think we just had first time we ever went out I think we just kind of just hit a ball here and there with his clubs but then I think he got us my old man got us some some clubs and we just both went out and played you know a couple holes with him when he was playing and we kind of just started to get into it but then it was like right after that I, I got pretty into it right away and and we played down in Muscadabit River Oaks and and my dad used to take us down Tuesday mornings drop us off at 7 30 in the morning and yeah. pick us up at 7 30 8 o'clock at night and we just golfed all day. How old were you when this go? When this like happened? eleven or twelve, like when I when I really became like a junior member, I would have been probably like 
12, 11, 12, yeah. Would, 10 is when I first started picking up the golf club. 11, 12 would have been when I actually had a, a, a junior membership and just went at it. So when you're playing from, when did you say, 8 a.m. till 10 p.m.? Yeah, literally just, like, get to the golf course. It, the junior programs they ran on Tuesdays would probably be, you know, a couple hours, uh, just some little minor instruction, just kind of really just a little bit of babysitting probably too. Yeah. And then they would have some sort of go play nine holes in a scramble format or whatever, and then you just go out and, and play nine holes. But then everybody else would leave or their parents come and get them, and we would just continue on and play another nine and then play another 18 after that. And there were some days I played three full rounds of golf. Nonstop. So essentially, it was a it was a summer camp, but the camp was just you playing golf nonstop. Nonstop. Yeah, there would be multiple times, and then I might go down later on a Saturday and Sunday, maybe play with my mom or my or my dad or both, or um, and then I mean, then my parents would split up, but then I would go down with my dad one Saturday, and then maybe down with my mom, my stepdad on Sunday. Yeah. And so I might play three rounds on Tuesday, and then play once on Saturday and once on Sunday as like you know, like I said 12 13 14 this went on all the way till I was I was a junior member there till I was 17 so I would just literally get dropped off on a Tuesday play as much as I possibly could maybe show back up on the weekend and it's interesting cuz all my buddies that play the game of golf and that are good that are shooting under like you know 90 around you know higher 80s they've played their entire life since they were the age you're talking yeah. about and it's unbelievable how I guess fundamental fundamentally sound they are when they're I don't know, just approaching the green, and they're not worried to get the ball up on uh, close to the pin. And when I, you know, when I'm chipping in to try to get up on the green, there's definitely not anxiety, but there's like, fuck, there's, there's doubt. Can yeah. I do this? And just to see my friends go through it that have been playing their entire life and how easily they're able to do it, like it's nothing, kind of makes me wish that I played at the age yeah, you're yeah, talking yeah. about. Yeah, it's funny. Like I always, I, I not, I'm not great at at teaching the game. I'm good at kind of picking up like why things might not work for other people or maybe some recommendations. I don't think I'm technical enough to be able to teach it. I've got a couple of good teaching buddies, but I play with a lot of people and I can tell people what I did because I've never had a personal lesson ever. I have had kind of like the group lessons as juniors, but I was just always athletic. So I allowed myself to use my athleticism and I would just try stuff that I saw other guys do a lot. So like if I was playing with a guy who was like a sick, sick at chipping, like he might be 65 years old and I'm 15, but this guy puts it, you know, within a couple of feet of the hole every time he's not on the green. Okay. What's that guy doing different? I'm going to try and I might even ask him. Like I wasn't shy as a kid either. So I would just kind of be like, Hey, do you mind just showing me how you hold your club or what, what club do you use to do that? And I would just like try stuff. So like, that's what I did a lot playing so much as a kid and with so many different people, because again, if I go down there and play three times a day, I might have to link up with the, with three old ladies to play my second round, right? But like, I didn't care. I was yeah. just I was just there to play play golf, man. I didn't really care who I was there with, you know. So, but that's, but I think that's a lot of people. What they can do is just like a lot of people. I mean, a gun. I mean, you are, and a lot of guys you golf with, you're athletes, you're athletic. You can just use that. It's kind of hard to harness it sometimes if you're used to hockey or ball or whatever. But you kind of, if you play enough, you kind of get the. A lot of guys will figure it out too. So. Um, that's just something myself. That's what I did. I just tried to I tried a bunch of different things, and I was yeah. lucky enough that I was always fairly athletic. So it was kind of, you know, it felt awkward for a little bit, but I you know, a lot of things I just picked up and was able to kind of run with it. So that is one thing I will agree with, at least for myself as well. Is every time someone gives me advice, 
I kind of let it brush off. I, 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 I'm polite. I'm like, thanks. I appreciate that. Thank you. But I don't think really anything has ever helped for anyone telling me what to do. It's always just been uh, trial, trial and error. You know, if, I, if, I, if I'm working on my driver and it's slicing, it's like, okay, well now I just have to go to the driving range and stay there for three hours and figure this out. It's, it's just, it's, it's my own mechanics. I don't know your body. Like, you know, your body. I only know my body. Like I know yeah. my body. I know my arms are a little bit longer than the average person. So it's only uh, a mechanical thing with myself, but there's so many clubs in the bag so yeah. it's like as soon as i figure out my driver it's like okay great and now i go back to my iron it's like yeah, i don't know my iron but then i figure out my iron and then i have to go back to my driver and sometimes my driver isn't where i want it to be so Man, there's so many it's crazy dude i mean really you look at like there's millions of people around the world who play golf and I can pretty there's like golf swings like a snowflake, man. There's there's no two people who swing the exact the same. There's no way. So like if you have a slice of your driver, there's no not one specific fix to, to fix that. Somebody can't just be like, oh, do this. Exactly. And that, that only. Like I always tell people like like a golf swing is kinda like a car engine. If any little thing is off, mm. it's not gonna work. Or it's not gonna work properly. Same thing. Like every, you know, like I said to a guy, I played golf yesterday morning with a buddy of mine, and I was like, Do you understand how many things have to go right for you to hit a ball perfect? Like, okay, I want to hit a ball 160 yards at that flag stick, and you hit it in there to five feet. Do you know how many things you have to do right? How many things you have to calculate? The ground, the air, like the club you have, whatever. It's amazing how many things you have to calculate right to hit the to do it properly. It's insane. So there's going to be – I mean, you're going to hit more bad shots than good shots guaranteed because like, you're not going to be able to hit it perfect. It's impossible. And I shouldn't that's, say it's impossible. That's but. one thing I'm learning now is, it, okay, it's not about your last shot. It's about the shot coming up because yeah, I, I get frustrated if I, you know, I, I definitely get frustrated easily when it comes to the game of golf because I'm learning and most of my life I've been a pretty somewhat good athlete and I've been able to excel at whatever I'm doing. But golf, it, even if, if, if I think it's coming to me quickly, it's not. Yeah. It's, I, I can't even explain it to be honest. Yeah, but, I, you, but you hit the nail on the head too. You do have to... You have to look forward to the next one because, I mean, just because, I mean, you, you know, you you chunk one it only goes five feet. I mean, just because you do that doesn't mean you're going to do anything wrong the next time. Like, it's totally different golf swing. It's, it's like when you were playing hockey or lacrosse or whatever. Just because you had a bad shift doesn't mean the next one's going to be a bad shift. There's yeah. no that doesn't there's no science to that. It doesn't mean anything, right? Yeah. I mean, if you've got, like, a if you're playing with one shoe on, then maybe, yeah, okay, there's a consistent fact that's going to make you not play lacrosse very well on the floor because you're not wearing a you know, yeah. shoe or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. but just cause you had an awful turnover and somebody scores in hockey or something like that, send a guy on a breakaway and he scores, doesn't mean your next shift's going to be shit. It's not going to, that's yeah. not the way it works. The so same thing in golf, just cause you hit an awful shot doesn't mean the next one's going to be awful. The next one you might hold out. Yeah. But what if the next shot is awful and the next shot know, after it, that, and it, it, it can snowball. It can it, snowball. It, yeah. But that's what I mean. That's, I mean, it's, it's the beauty of the game, man. I mean, if anybody had figured it out, they'd be, you know, they wouldn't play anymore, but I don't, it's 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 inconsistent obviously like you you cannot you're not gonna play the same round of golf twice you can't it's not never gonna happen you'll never hit the ball in the same place twice or like every round you'll never do that it's so I mean that that can happen they can they can pick up pretty quick right yeah like, I mean they can yeah. they can snowball you can hit a bunch of bad ones in a row and I definitely don't have the fix on how to uh, avoid that from happening. But. I, I like how you're saying, like, I, I haven't really taken a lesson. I've always just learned my own mechanics, and then I went out and attacked. I do like that, because when I am on the golf course, I hear a lot of people giving other people advice. And don't get me wrong, I'm sure those people have some uh, some knowledge in the game, but I agree with what you're saying. It's just you have to figure out your own mechanics, and you have to be able to uh, to, to adapt to those mechanics. It's almost like a, like a free throw in basketball, how, like, guys have a routine. Yeah. I find myself having my own routine before I go up for, for uh, you know, for a drive, for a putt, for my irons. I'm trying right now to figure out my own routine because once I do have a routine, 
I think I'll be able to be a little bit more consistent with all my clubs. That definitely helps with the setup for, for sure. I mean, I mean, you listen to anybody who's a who's a teacher who's played a lot of golf and anybody who's played some competitive golf. I mean, be hard pressed to find people who don't have some sort of routine. Like when I go and putt, I pretty well do the same thing every time for the past. I don't know, 10 years. I don't think, I can't remember when I when I didn't putt the same way. You know what I mean? For like, the past 10 years, you have the same routine? I shouldn't say that necessarily, I mean, I've changed up my like grip and stroke and putters and stuff like that, but I guess like the way I approach like a putt that I'm going to try to make, yeah. it's pretty well been the same. Like I'm just, I don't know, and that, that's me. I, that's where I've stuck to that, but not that everybody's been that way, but it definitely helps get into, and to be honest with you, like probably one of, what a pretty decent part of my game is putting. And just because I think, you know, I approach every single one the exact same way. Like, I don't think necessarily one's easier or harder than the last one, even though, you know, if I'm 80 feet away or five feet away, of course, the five-foot one's a hell of a lot easier. But yeah. but I still try to take the same t- type of approach. I mean, and I mean, you watch the guys on tour, too. They do pretty well do the same thing, you know. And I guess that's why a lot of things I do. I just watch on TV and, like I said, playing with other people who are really good and steal things from them and try yeah. it. And and that's that's one thing, though, you'll hear from anybody who's, who's done really well is routine is key. Yeah. I mean, that's routine's key to probably getting your day going. I mean, you get up and... You know, take a piss, brush your teeth, take a shower, whatever. Like, mm. I mean, that's routine, right? Yeah. Have you seen the surge of golf in Nova Scotia since you've been here no. since you said 10 years old you've been playing? Yeah. So, you know, me coming into my first year, I don't really see the bang. I just, you know, I'd go out and I play. But yeah, a guy you've you played, have, have, have you seen it? It's it's crazy how many people, obviously within the past couple of years, who've been, who've been involved. And I remember like being, when I was in like high school and stuff like that, there wasn't a whole lot of my buddies who played golf. Yeah. And it was kind of like... It wasn't like a nerdy sport or anything, but it wasn't really like the it wasn't the cool sport that all the guys played. It was you know people uh, guys played ball or they played hockey and yeah. and that was kind of it, right? But but golf was was something I did. But I knew even then, I guess a lot of the guys that I played with, like I said, I played with anybody. Most people would always tell me, "Oh yeah, I didn't pick it up until I was in my 30s or whatever." I mean, and that's a lot of people now who are in their 20s and 30s that I know that I played hockey with or other sports who were just picking it up. Yeah. Um, but it's crazy how many people are involved right now with with golf. It's, I, I, I'm really really close with our uh, assistant GM at our golf course, and uh, like they have more people who want to golf than they have spots for the golf. I said it's like almost like going to the airport and trying to get on a plane. There's 150 seats, but you got 175 people there looking to get on the plane. <laughs> I mean, 25 people ain't getting out. Like yeah. said, that's what that's what's happening at golf courses right now is people are wanting to play and can't they get can't a tea time. and they can't get out. Yeah, which is. I mean, it sucks for those individuals, obviously. I mean, in, it, it, it's happened to me once this year. I, I pretty well play pretty well every Sunday morning, and there was one Sunday morning we just couldn't get a tee time. It just it got flooded, and we couldn't get out. And Brutal. Yeah, but it was luck. We were lucky enough that uh, that it was the holiday Monday, so I was able to, you know. There you go. You kind of smoothed it in there with the wife. I'm like, hey, I'm going to be home Sunday, <laughs> but I'm going to play golf Monday morning. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. another thing, too. Like, I'm trying to figure out with my girlfriend. It's like, I've yeah. been playing so much. Yeah. It's like, i got to figure oh, it out with her. it's a balancing act, man. Like, I'm trying right now to figure out, okay, you know, listen, Sarah, I'm going to go golf, and, you know, today, tomorrow, maybe the next day after. Is there anything that I can do? And I'm figuring out, like, okay, what should I be doing around the house? Like, I'm, I'm cleaning the dishes. I'm like, do you need me to do – I can do the floors. Do you yeah. need me to do anything? I'll clean the tub. Sure, you let me know. Yeah. So I'm just, like, trying to figure out the things around the house that gives me a free time for, like, yeah. four hours out of the day. Yeah, for and for me, too, like, like God bless my wife. She's She's been pretty good with uh, – with, I shouldn't I'm, – I'm not saying letting me play golf because that doesn't seem like a good relationship. But that's what I want <laughs> to say off the top of my head. But that's, that's not what – it's not letting me play yeah. golf. But – but it's obviously it's a compromise. So I'd love to play golf every day. Oh, me but, too. But right now I'm playing. I play every Wednesday afternoon and every Sunday morning, and and she knows that. And it's not like it's like, 
you know, if she wants to do something else or has a suggestion that we should do something else, then that's fine. I have no problem catering to that to, you know, okay. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I will golf today. Maybe I'll do this instead. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, she's, she's kind of, you know, been, been in agreement with that routine is, but I mean, like I said, we, we get, we get two kids, three and a half year old and a 14 month old. Like it's not so, it's time, you know, she obviously wants me to spend time with the kids too. And, and I obviously love spending time with the kids and, yeah. and her as well. And, and but it's also sometimes she needs a bit of some time that she's not looking after two kids by herself. I kind of mm-hmm. want to limit that uh, as much as I can. It's it's a lot with and they are just crazy rambunctious kids. So yeah. having some when she's uh, sometimes I come home from golf and I can see her hair is just all in a mess. I know she's had a crazy morning and I just played sick on the golf course and I can't <laughs> tell her about it because <laughs> she really doesn't care. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> what you got to do is you got to get the kids involved in golf. You take yeah, them I can't wait. You. Yeah, my little guy's pretty athletic too, so I can't wait to get him involved. And he's a he's a lefty out of nowhere. So I don't know how he picked that up, but he's a lefty, so I got to get him. Uh, we actually, my mom bought him clubs already, so he's he's got clubs. He kind of chips balls around the backyard in the summertime. So when uh, you know when he's allowed to, and like I said, one of my best buddies who's the assistant GM at our golf course, his daughter's only five weeks older than my little guy, so we're we're pretty close. Spend a lot of time together when oh, we can. Yeah. Recently, hasn't been a whole lot, but. But there'll be nights, obviously, that me and him will go out and grab a couple of golf carts, take the kids out, and just kind of wax some balls around. Hopefully, that's in the near future here. But there's I not uh, not a lot of free time, obviously. But uh, but yeah, no, it'll be it'll be good to get them involved. I, I want my little guy, to, if he wants to get involved, of course, yeah. in golf, to get involved as soon as possible. Because I just seen how beneficial it was for me, and I I fell in love with it right away. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you can look on YouTube and find a million eight year olds right now who look like the professionals because they fell in love with it super early. They just wanted to golf and. Like you can pick things up really quickly, and they can be, you know, things can can boom. I mean, there's some guys making some pretty serious money playing golf right now. <laughs> Have you seen that documentary on Netflix, The Short Game? I haven't. I've, I haven't. I haven't watched it. No, I haven't watched it. But I seen the. Uh, I seen the title on it. Yeah. Pretty incredible. These kids yeah. are eight years old from all around the world. They go to you know Georgia and they play in a tournament, and they're it's it's quite incredible how yeah. their parents you know invest. It's almost like hockey. They invest a lot of money into these kids to be able to be trained on how to be a professional golfer and the way some of these kids act the way they carry themselves it's almost like a a mini tiger just walking around the course it's it's kind of weird but it's quite incredible how there's kids playing golf all around the world right now it might have been that like that way forever i don't yeah. know but it, 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 there's a kid from zimbabwe playing golf coming over to georgia and he's competing with a kid that grew up in los angeles and they're almost tied like it's yeah. incredible it's, it's it's crazy to think of just yeah i guess meshing to meshing kids it, it, people in general but kids from all over the world into like i mean as competitive as it can get really at at eight year old at eight, eight years old um i mean there's there's yeah there's a lot of people who who want to get their kids involved in in you know there's probably some of those crazy hockey parents or pretty crazy golf parents too i mean yeah. everybody said the stories about tiger's dad and how crazy he was did you watch like that, that documentary yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. so uh, everybody knows how how crazy uh you know tiger's dad was but i mean it worked out for him and you know and everybody says that sid's dad you know they always said that, that troy was kind of a, a bit yeah. of a nut bar too but i mean but i guess that's just but it, it certainly worked uh now there's obviously a bunch of you know growing up there's always some kids parents that you know you probably played with too thought their kid was was jesus and they weren't, <laughs> yeah. but, but there, I mean, you invest, you invest your time into, um, your kids as long as it's, as long as it's for them and not you. I mean, that's, and I, I think that that exists and I, I certainly want that to exist for, for golf. But if my kid doesn't want to play golf, doesn't want to play hockey at some point, then that's, that's fine too. Yeah. He knows a shit ton about dinosaurs, so he'll be fine. Man, dinosaurs are pretty sick. I'm telling you, it's crazy how much this three-year-old knows about dinosaurs. He knows like a hundred different dinosaurs. Give me a fact about a dinosaur. Do you know one for that he, that he taught you? <laughs> 
He just can he can identify them. I have a ten minute video on my phone of me just googling dinosaurs and not easy ones. Like I'll pick one up and be like, "Okay, Fletcher, what's this one?" He's like, "That's a that's a Truodon." Have you ever heard of a Truodon? Fletcher's no. a sick name, by the way. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever heard of a Truodon? No, you haven't, because they no one even knew they existed until my three year old found that this dinosaur existed. They can see in the night like an owl. So yeah, that's a fact that he was able to teach me from his book. So <laughs> there's a part of me that really wants kids, and there's a part of me that doesn't. Like oh, that man. sounds great. There's, that sounds like a great little. <laughs> I've always told people like 95 percent of my life with the kids is like hilarity, and then there's like the other, there's five percent of it is is like nonstop crying and whining, and then the other five percent is is they're sleeping. So the uh, most of it's most of it's good. Most of it's good. It's it's a lot of fun. And like I said, they're they're two get the two kids I get are rambunctious, but they're super goofy, which is. Hilarious. Sometimes they do stuff, and I'm sitting there laughing, and my wife's kind of like, "Just don't laugh, don't laugh, don't laugh." Don't encourage you. Yeah. Um, is it harder to become a professional hockey player or a professional golfer? That is a good question. I can tell you this: that there is. I'm gonna say it's probably harder to become a professional. There's so many different levels to both. Like you can be a pro hockey player in Europe, right? And I mean, I know guys and play with guys, and you know guys who've played some level of pro. Um, that maybe you th- you thought would or thought wouldn't that might make it that did. Um, but for golf, it's funny. There's some guys that I've played some golf with or who've grown up here and played some golf, and you know they'll go out and see them on Instagram and they post played Oakfield and shot 65. Well, actually, I'll give you a story. So Eric 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 Banks, I saw something that that so Eric Banks is from Truro. I saw something posted by Anaganish Golf Course that in a week he shot. 64 on Monday, 66 on like Wednesday, and then at, later on in the week he shot 63. So he shot 64, 66, 63. That's a par 71 course. Um, and he didn't make a bogey all week. Didn't make a bogey. What's this guy's name, sir? Eric Banks. So wow. Banks turned pro, um, and that guy never made it. Like he, he, you know, he might have played on like whatever the like mini tours were, but he didn't make it to the to the PGA. He didn't make it to the Corn Ferry, which is just below that. Um, like that guy's sick, ridiculous golfer and he didn't make it. You know what I mean? Like this guy just, he played three rounds in a week, didn't have a bogey, shot umpteen under and that's not good enough. So what do you have to, like, does he, so what do you have to do in order to become a pro? Do you have to enter a tournament and get a So there's, there's, yeah. So guys obviously get their chances through, um, guys get their chances probably through like college golf and stuff like that, you know, through the States and stuff. And, and really, I guess amateur golf on a, so I've played in a couple of, fairly um, larger amateur tournaments. So if you do well in your provincial tournaments, you qualify for national tournaments, right? So I've played in a couple of Canadian um, amateurs and Canadian mid-ams. But in those tournaments, it's not necessarily only Canadians too. Like um, one year I played um, in BC, and Corey Connors, who's doing really well obviously on the PJ Tour right now, he lost in a playoff to a guy um, – and that guy is now just playing. He plays, still plays on the Corn Ferry Tour, so he still makes you know some half decent money playing professional golf. Um, but there's guys from Colombia and guys from Mexico and all over the place at the Canadian Am. And and if you win the Canadian Am, you went you win an entry spot into the RBC. Um, there's an RBC tournament that's um, that's played in Canada every year. You kind of qualify for the next year or whatever. So yeah. so guys get a first crack at a pro tournament. I mean, you go and you play with Dustin Johnson. You just won the Canadian Amateur one year, and the next year you go and you're teeing it up with last year's winner. So uh, in that guy's case, he was playing with, I think he teed it up with Dustin Johnson in his first pro tournament ever. So here you are. Um, you're playing in the same tournament as me, 
and then a year later you're playing in the same tournament as Dustin Johnson. Like, like it's crazy how many people are kind of in that gap, I guess, between Dustin Johnson and me and the amount of golfers that are in there that are better than me but not as good as that. It's mm. insane how many people exist all over the world. I'm trying to compare that to hockey right now to like think of all the guys in the AHL who are just a step away from playing in the NHL. Yeah. But it's just because, you know, you and I both know the guy on the NHL who's on the third, fourth line any guy on the first and second line in the A may be able to play on the third line in the NHL. Right. That's a thing. We yeah. both know that. So it's an interesting comparison just to think, oh, how many guys are from DJ to me and in between in that yeah. comparison. It's, well, if you had, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, if you had a guy, say you had like an 18-year-old go out and score 200 points in the queue, you'd be like, that guy's going to be an unbelievable NHL hockey player. But maybe like... Lafreniere. Yeah, yeah, but maybe it just doesn't happen. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, that, that does happen at different levels too. I mean, there's lots of... People have to be willing to spend a lot of money on golf to to do it too. Like there's, I just read something. Um, this Mike Visaki guy who quali- Monday qualified a couple weeks ago for a for a PJ tournament. Tournament, I can't remember which one it was. And then he played in this past weekend's uh, Charles Schwab tournament and he missed the cut. But then Justin Thomas actually cut him a check out of his own pocket to help him still pay to. Because when I say pay, like he's entering tournaments, he's he might be paying maybe the, the entry fees two thousand dollars and the next tournaments in Dallas, Texas. I saw his video. So, he slipped him a check. Yeah, so yeah. he's basically now going to pay for his own travel, his own... Like, this stuff isn't just given to him. He doesn't have any sponsors, but he's a guy trying to make it. So he's got to spend his own money or get people to sponsor him somehow. So he might be sponsored by, by an ice cream shack in where his hometown of whatever. Like, so you've got to have put people to give you money. So I think that's probably it, too, is, is having... Being good enough that people will give you money to try to chase your dream or being lucky enough that you've got people who can help you on your side and mm. and... I think I mean that's like with any sport too. I think if you've got if you're if you're you know lucky enough to have a family that can you know provide lots of things for you, yeah. then you probably have a, a bit of a step up. But if you're that good, people will find you anyways. I mean that's what that's what kind of happens. I think yeah. guys come out of nowhere with with golf. There's always stories about you know kids playing with you know a set of clubs and none no two clubs are the same. But they were just you know they yeah. they were a caddy at a golf course and went out one day and they were ridiculous and yeah. I mean that that happens and. But I think that's, I don't know, that's, uh, I don't know, man, that, that, that's that's golf, that's it's hard to make. I still can't believe what you said about that Banks guy shooting those scores and still yeah. not making it, like that, that, crazy. that's crazy. No, so tough. I played, I played there last year with a buddy of mine, and now I played really well, and I was thinking, I was, I was, I think I was end up shooting 68, so I would have been three under that day I played. And in, like, if any time I go and play golf, you know, from a regular a regular day, like my goal is to wherever no matter where I play, it's my goal is to break par. Now, some some courses that might be realistic, some might not be. My own course might be a couple better than par, whatever, right? Some courses are easier than others is what it is. But when I show up, that's kind of I'm playing to to the par. So I had a good day and I was three under par. But you know, I made some mistakes and hey, I might have made like a fifty foot putt or I might have chipped in or I might have bounced off a tree and came back into play. But like, I just think for that guy to play three rounds in a week and not make a bogey. Like, he obviously couldn't have been relying on many bounces. Like, he had, must have been hitting it that good that he didn't have to rely on any bad uh-huh. breaks happening to him. Uh-huh. Or if they did, he got you know, lucky a couple times. But it's crazy, yeah, to think of a guy who, who did that in a week and just – and he's an amazing. And I'll admit, he's, he's, if me and him play 10 times for money, he's beaten me 10 times out of 10 at any golf course in the province. Wow. But – and that, that guy's just not making it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's crazy. That's fr- I'm listening to that, and that's frustrating. Yeah. Like that yeah. level of good. Yeah, that level of yeah, yeah. And I think I, I think he's still I think he's still a professional. And you could I mean, and he might be playing on. Um, and I know lots of guys have played on like I don't know if it's the McKenzie Tour now or whatever it was, but guys have played on like a Canadian tour and 
and you know you win a tournament you might win maybe those guys win 100 grand i don't even know what they actually make but yeah. but how many tournaments do you miss the cut and make no money you make the cut maybe you make make 2500 but you've just spent 2500 to enter the tournament then had to fly to mississauga and stay in a hotel for six days and yeah. whatever, buy your all your own food and rent a car and whatever so there's a lot of there's a lot of spending that goes on to try to make it. Mm. So if guys don't win, it's it, they kind of. I don't want to say they fizzle out because it makes them seem like they fail because they definitely they don't. They definitely don't fail. I mean, they're ridiculously good at this game, but it's just, it's 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 you've got to be fortuitous, but you've and super good. And like I guess the level of good, I until you actually see like a like a PGA Tour pro like stand on a driving range and hit eight, six irons in a row, and they land on top of each other, you don't yeah. really realize how good those guys are. Is that what it is? Do you think that's the key to success with golf is just repetition, 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 it, obsessive, obsessiveness? If for the just... most part, I mean, yeah, there's there's ways. I mean, obviously, the, all these guys who, who do really well have, have all their personal coaches. And, and now, I mean, you know, guys taking care of their bodies and stuff has been uh, a huge aspect, of course. But I think that's kind of it. And it's obviously practicing the right thing, too, right? There's probably a lot of people who... Yeah. A lot of people who go out and practice and maybe not practice the right thing. Like it's funny, man. You might not believe it, but I haven't hit a range ball in two years. Like, really? It's just like I shouldn't say I, this year before the golf courses were open. I mean, I hit a couple balls, but once I'm playing golf, I don't even bother. Like, I'll warm up by swinging hard a couple times before I tee off. But like, I don't really. And the reason why I don't really hit balls because I don't really know what I'm practicing for the most part. I know it sounds crazy to somebody who's just kind of getting into it, but like, yeah. for me, I don't do, I don't do the same thing all the time. I kind of like. I kind of adapt to the game a little bit, I guess. Like, say I'm out there and I'm hitting the ball and I'm driving it right, then I'll just, I'll just change something. And and not and I have a good buddy I play a ton of golf with, and he can't do that. And he says that to me. He's like, "How could you just like throw a bandaid on it for a day and then mm. still shoot the same score?" It's like I don't really know how to explain that, but mm. I think because I haven't really practiced one thing a ton. I'm kind of willing to abandon something after a few if it's not working. Yeah. You know, like I said, if I'm slicing the ball in the woods and okay, whatever that is, it's not working. Let's do something completely different, and and go with that and roll with that for a bit. I know I'm not trying to play like I'm not trying to play like story versus story here, but I can I know exactly what you're talking about when uh when it relates to lacrosse and the ball coming out of like uh, when I'm shooting a ball. If you look at all those strings to your left there, each one of those strings kind of represents a different, uh, I guess you could say shooting pattern or aim. You know, if you release the ball high, it goes a certain way. If you release the ball low, it goes a certain way. And, you know, I've been playing lacrosse, say, you know, 10 years since I was 10 years old. And yeah. there's things that I can do with that stick that maybe a guy just like picking the game up this year can't yeah. do. And I know exactly the, the feel for every single stick that I have. And the way you're explaining golf yeah, right now and how you can make similar. a quick adjustment, put a band-aid on it, and then work on something else. I know exactly yeah. what you mean, but in that relation to No, lacrosse. exactly, because, like, it's funny that you say that because, like, I've never played lacrosse. I mean, I've, you know, I've kind of tossed a ball around or shot it at a net or whatever, or, yeah. and, and that's that's pretty well it. So, like, I know how to get, you know, I know how to pick a ball up and I know how to release it, but am I going to be able to, you know, pick a spot to, to put it? No, uh, but, you know, I can do kind of a very basic thing, and, and that's probably it, but if I start to say I'm shooting a ball at a net and I keep throwing it over the top of the net. Do I know how to fix that? Not really. Like I haven't practiced that at all. Yeah. If you practice that, you might, might get it. But, um, but I had yeah, to go back to practicing like pr repetition makes, makes things happen. But again, you got to be practicing the right thing. And, and I don't consciously make the decision not to practice because I, because I don't want to practice the wrong thing. It's just, I don't feel like I really have something that I'm, uh, I don't know how to put it like that. I'm, I don't have like a, a type of golf swing or whatever that I'm married to that I want to practice, that I want to be the exact yeah. same every time. I'm willing to kind of switch things up some. So 
you know, I'll go up if I go up and hit a bucket of balls. I'm just gonna do whatever. I might hit a couple. And again, I tried a lot of things. So I've like I've hit a ball like two feet off the ground. I've hit them super high. I've hit them right to left, left to right, and whatever. I so I'll just I'll play around and do that stuff. And at the end of it, I haven't really practiced anything consistently i've just done some weird stuff that but then again like i said sometimes it comes into play on the golf course you got to go under some branches i'm like oh yeah okay i guess i yeah. i was farting around and just hitting the ball as low as i could off that driving range mat they kind of you know but like i said i but to go i guess to you know kind of getting away from a bit but to go back to the repetition thing i think that is super key anybody who plays golf to a degree i mean i know a lot of people who are retired or played a bunch of golf who haven't gotten any better but if you just keep playing and playing and playing or hitting balls, hitting balls, hitting balls, yeah. you're going to get better as long as they are improvements. Yeah. Right? And I think that's it. And there's a lot of people who just don't really care to improve. They just love the game of golf, like being outside, like the atmosphere, the buddies they play with, whatever. Um, they're so there's happy about there. But the people who are trying to get better as long as you're practicing things that actually get you better. That's the balance I'm in between right now. It's like, yeah, I'm trying to get better, but at what expense? You know, like I'm spending a lot of time away from the house. I'm spending a lot of money. I'm spending yep. a lot of, it's like, you're not ever going to be pro dressed. And I, I know that, but you know, why are you going out? Why are you practicing? Why are you trying to get better? And it comes back to just, you have the same competitive nature. I do. We're athletes. We, we just want to get better. Yeah. We, it, it's just ingrained in us. Yeah. But it's, it, and it can't happen all at once, which is crazy. Yeah. Like yeah. you want it, you want it to happen so quickly because you, you know, there's been lots of things that you've probably picked up, you know, same as myself, you picked up and got you know, pretty decent at it fairly quickly, but you kind of forget maybe how long that period of time was. Like I would tell you right now that if I picked up a lacrosse stick, I'd want to be good at it right away. I'd want to, that's just my nature. I want to be good at it, but I'm, I'm not. It's funny. Like I won't go and play tennis because I, I can't figure it out quickly. Yeah. I'm done. And I go, like I got some buddies who are like golfers who are pretty decent tennis players. Like I wouldn't dare go and play with them because I would just get so frustrated that I can't be good at it right now, right away. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that happens. But if I went out and played, you know, 15 matches of tennis and just screwed around. And then this year and then did the same thing next year. Well, maybe five years from now I could actually hang and play a little bit of tennis, Yeah. but I'm never going to figure all that out all in one year. And that's kind of the same thing with golf. Like you can spend a bunch of time at it like right away, but I think it's probably going to take really, I mean, not to put a damper on it, but it's probably going to take a couple of years before you really see a, a significant difference. Well, that's the way I look at it right now. It's I see myself playing golf until I'm dead, really. Yeah. So that's that's why I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to go to Golf Town. I'm going to buy some clubs. I'm going to invest my time. I'm going to invest my money because I see myself playing until, like I said, I'm old and uh, and retired. So it's like, why not spend the time to get good now to get somewhat better? So by the time you know you're 40, 50, 60, however old I get. Uh, just to be able to, you know, to not get as frustrated as I'm getting right now, but yeah. uh, but it still doesn't replace. Like I love it so much, I'm willing to go and get frustrated. That's yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah. I know. I to- I totally do get that. And there's 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 few things like that where very you kinda, few where yeah where you want to go. Like you know that it's gonna. You know you're you've gone out to do something that you know is gonna get. It's yeah. almost like going out like you're gonna go to the liquor store on a Saturday afternoon. And the restrictions, they, you know, there's going to be a lineup out there. You're going to be waiting outside for 20 minutes. It's like, you know, like you're willing to go face that frustration for a little bit to go and do something. It's kind of this, you know, a, a strange analogy, but I mean, it's golf's one of those few things like that where you're willing to, okay, I'm going to go frustrate myself for a little bit. But what's great is I play a ton of golf with a guy who's um, 70, 72, 73, and uh, he breaks 80 often. Um, he shoots 85 often too, but he breaks 80 often and he plays from the senior tees now, but he always will tell me like he didn't pick up golf until he's 46 years old. Wow. I mean, he's, he would have been, I don't know that he shot his age, 
but like when he would have been probably like 66 to 68 years old like i i remember playing with him one day probably 5 6 years ago whatever it was that he shot 100 par i played with him when he shot 100 par at our golf course so he might have been 68 and he shot 71 wow so but again he didn't pick it up until he was 46 years old what made so, him want to pick it up do you know i i think he, so he uh, if i'm not mistaken i think he worked with irving and i th- think it was i think he had told me and i could be totally wrong but i think he told me it was just uh corporate tournaments okay they cool. kind of done yeah. uh, which is really common and they did, did a couple of corporate tournaments and he might have gone and done the same tournament three years in a row and he maybe maybe after the second year he's kind of like i know that tournament's coming up in september i kind of yeah you know i kind of like to just be a little bit better than i was before maybe that's what it was where he bought his own clubs and yeah. and kind of got involved with it and stuff like that and then once he retired he played a bunch and was able to kind of get into it and and got pretty precise. And it's kind of cool to see a guy like that, like, um, doesn't hit the ball very far, but super straight, pretty good putter, yeah. has his own little quirks that he's good at and things like that. And it's kind of funny to see how many different ways it can be played. Um, but, yeah, so I guess my point is that for somebody like me who picked it up when I was 10 years old um, and a guy like him who picked it up at 46, yeah. I mean, you can kind of get to a, a similar place. I don't want to say the same the same place, but a very similar place. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um you know, he and I could easily go out and play golf tomorrow and he could beat me. You know what I mean? Like, it just, that's the way golf is. Yeah. But it's kind of, I guess, picking up in your 20s, late 20s or whatever, it's not really that, uh, it's not late. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's not early. I mean, I think I've been fortunate enough to pick things up, pick it up when I was 10 years old, but yeah. it's not, you know, picking up in your 20s or 30s is not yeah. late, really. It's a man's game. Yeah. You know what? I think, you know, yeah. it's, it's yeah. good leisure sport. Yeah. Yeah, you think of the best golfers in the world. How old are they? Mid thirties, forties. Yeah, it's probably it's funny now. I mean, I mean, there's such a range of how many good golfers there are. Um, you know, it's it's amazing how good guys are getting young in golf right now. Which I don't really know how to figure that out. I think it wasn't like that before. No, I think like I mean, Tiger was Tiger was an exception. But when he was like in Tiger's heyday, he played against. I remember like when he would have been playing against like. Phil and Ernie Els and VJ Singh and those guys, they would have been like VJs. Those guys would have probably like when Tiger was like say twenty two, whatever, those guys would have been in the thirties. And yeah. those guys would have been the best in the world at the time, right? And then Jim Furyk and guys like that. I'm just thinking of guys that he would have played against and would have you know, if Tiger didn't win, who did win? It would have been some of those guys. Yeah. Um Mike Weir. Yeah, but all those guys I all those guys are now in their you know, in their fifties and sixties. On the senior tour. Yeah. I mean like Phil Mickelson qualifies for the senior tour, he's fifty one years old. Um but yeah, he, you know those. I guess Tiger's in his forties. I'm not exactly sure how how old he is, but um, but yeah, like I know that like the guys like Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth, and there's so many guys who are winning right now. They're like 21, 22, mm-hmm. consistently competing in um, you know pro events. It's just crazy to me that you can even if you start at golf at five years old or whatever yeah. to be able to get to that point where you're now. The best in the world, potentially, like one of the best golfers in the world at 22, is just crazy. That when you when you're talking about the age getting younger and younger, I think that's extremely exciting for the marketing ability for golf. When you look oh, at uh, when you look at the NBA and you look at you know how guys are dressing, their attitude, how cool it is to dunk a ball in a net. It's a very marketable sport. Poor kids can play it across the world. Yeah, I think the exact same thing for golf. As long as the players are getting younger, they have somewhat of a personality and they're able to market the sport to a, a broader audience. I think the sky's the limit for golf, especially right now in today's generation where. You know, it's it, everything's welcome. It doesn't. You don't have to be a, a white preppy kid to play golf. You can be any color. You can be any race. You can be from any part of the yeah. world to play. I think golf is a, 
it's just waiting to explode. Yeah. I think even even if it hasn't already exploded, I just think yeah. it's 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 going to definitely. I think I think I've noticed probably in the past few years, especially I mean, and of course last year was a pretty uh, you know that we had kind of one of the uh, um, there's a decent portion of our membership that's a that's uh you know there's probably i don't know maybe 25 um black members from at our golf course and they kind of got together and they had this kind of like mentorship thing where they brought um they'd have one one older member and then have like a younger um i don't want to say kid because they weren't kids but you know they might have been in their 30s might have been in their 20s whatever yeah um but almost like a mentorship thing so like i guess did a push for some inclusive inclusivity with within golf and cool. i think because that is that's happening all over the place too um but you're right it's it's if they're trying to make it because golf's such an easy game to get i mean the amount of people who've gotten excited about it, it's an easy game to get excited about oh. and play i mean it's expensive for the most part, like to, to go into a place and play golf and to own golf clubs and stuff like that, it's expensive and it's time consuming. But um, it always was. I mean, you look back, you look back at old the old school, you know, video camera or whatever. It was all it was all white men dressed in nines. Like that was if you weren't a white man and you couldn't dress properly, you couldn't play golf. And I think they've done a great job all over the place. And you know, I'm I'm happy to see it at my golf course that it's that we're making sure that. You know, we're as far away from that as we possibly can be. Yeah. You know, and and I and I assume that's happening all over the place. Like you said all over the world. I mean, that's why there's so many good golfers from everywhere. It's like you said, there's it doesn't matter what country you're at. I mean, right now the like in the LPGA tour, the look there's a, like a million so like Korean girls who are unbelievable. I mean, that's really? see, it's you know that's kind of where you know most of the talent and, and and it's not one dominating. There's like five or six of them that could win any tournament and. You know, we Brooke Henderson from Canada, and then you know, there's always been a lot of girls from the from the states. And anyways, it happens. You know, I guess in every every level of golf, whatever the you know, men's golf, women's golf, whatever, college golf, there's there's people from everywhere. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, there's people from everywhere. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, it is cool. Yeah, it's there's addicting sport, man. It is. It's, it's super addicting. And it's, just, it's it's in a lot, and some people just don't get it and can't stand it, and that's fine. Not everybody likes the same things. Yeah. I mean, that's it. But the amount of people who probably said like I would never be able to play golf, and they go out and they whack a ball around a little bit. It's, I don't know. You're just ch- you're just chasing something all the time, right? You're chasing that. You're just like no matter what you do, you're just like I could I can get better at that. I yeah. can do that better. I know I can yeah. do that better. I'm in here putting right before you got here. Yeah. I'm like okay, I can work on my putting a little bit. I can work on my stance. So maybe my hands should be a bit lower. You know, my my hands were lower on a try hockey it, stick. And I'm maybe, telling you, you know, like, try, try it all. Try yeah. it all. I mean that's. Yeah, that's it. Sometimes it comes naturally to people, and it's. I still think that I play beer league. I play pickup hockey, yeah. and I'll play with guys, and I'll just see how guys still like release a puck and whatever. And I'm still thinking like, how come I can't? Yeah, I, I've been playing hockey a long time. Like, how come I can't figure out how to do that? And I can't. I just can't figure it out. But to some people, it comes easy. But I try lots of things. I just yeah. still haven't gotten there. But, but with with golf, you just that's what I I tell people. Just try try things as much as possible. And be uncomfortable for a little bit. You got to be. You got to be willing to be uncomfortable for a little bit. It's not. Yeah, that's what hockey's done for. I think both of us. Hockey makes you uncomfortable. It puts you in situations where there's pressure on you. Yeah. I think that's why maybe a little bit of uh, th- this pressure that I'm putting on myself in relations to golf. I'm I'm comfortable with it. Okay. You know you're not going to do well. Maybe this hole you're in the sand trap. Maybe you know you're not going to get it close to the pin. That's okay. Yeah. Just the shot after. It's almost like playing. Fine. It's almost like playing a really good team. Like you know, your team's not as good as their team, but mm-hmm. maybe if we yes. play well enough, we can beat them. Kind of thing, and, like yeah. And another thing is the individual aspect of it. I've been, on a re- te- I've been on a team sport my whole life. Yeah, and that's it. You, you have nobody else you have to rely on. Yeah. Like just you know, what's great too is that you know, when you play golf, it's just it's you against the golf course, which is kind of cool too. So you can kind of almost set your own goals and your own rules, and 
and kind of measure. You can find a way to measure yourself. You yeah, know what I mean? and, yeah. And and that's why yeah, golf's cool that way because, um, like I said, there's lots of individual sports, but very few of them are kind of, you know, you go and like again, like tennis is a is an individual sport, but you go and you're playing it against one other person. Yeah. Right. You're not, you know, if tennis was you standing up against a board and hitting against the board, then that would just be against you against the board. But so golf is yeah. against the golf course. But then once you're done with that one shot, you don't have to hit that shot again. Now you're hitting a different shot and you're never going to face that same shot the whole way around your, your round of golf. Like yeah. you have 18 tee shots. Yeah. You might have, to, you might hit your driver a number of times, hmm. but you're never hit, trying to hit it down the exact same golf hole twice even. Right. So it's really, um, I guess there's something there's something really nice about not having no matter how many shots you can take 140 shots when you play yeah. you're not going to hit the exact same one twice and with that being said I really find the position of a caddy to be an interesting character an interesting person it's like okay if you're a caddy and you're telling this professional golfer what to do why aren't you a pro what makes yeah. you so special that you can tell a pro golfer and what also what characteristics are so important to that pro golfer that makes you go walk 18 holes with them what is yeah. it what is it about a caddy that's, that makes them so special that's amazing it's funny man i get, gotta give my mom a plug here so my mom has caddied for me at tournaments since i was like 15 no way and she's missed a few like i mean she's flown to toronto to caddy for me you've been in toronto to play golf yeah dude yeah so she flew to toronto she came to ottawa um, my dad actually came when my mom couldn't go. My dad came to BC with me one time. Um, my mom came the last time we went to BC. So I've, I guess I've done four ones where I've traveled. So I've been to BC twice in Toronto and Ottawa. And, and the last time we stayed, uh, there's a handful of guys from Nova Scotia went and a guy booked a house. It was a sick house, like a mansion of a house. Yeah. 10 of us in there, nine guys and my mom. <laughs> and... <laughs> And she wasn't out of place. Like she loved, she like she's always been a jock her whole life. So she wasn't out of place. Yeah. But you know, cook. She loved to cook. She wanted to. She wanted to cook the meals and and hang out. And you know, one night we're throwing some some R and B on the on the TV and dancing away. And mom's half a bottle of wine deep. And everybody's. It's it. just. Anyways, but yeah, my mom's been uh, so for me the aspect with my mom. It's funny you ask about caddies because so for my mom, it's I'm just super comfortable with my mom. She's probably been you know she's been one of my like almost like a best friend. Just though I could always talk to her about stuff and hang Should out. Should have brought and, her. I know. Yeah. She, oh well. Next time. Yeah, she's probably putting bad people away right now. <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah, no. She she's uh, so for me it's just she's always somebody that I can kind of that keeps me kind of loose. Um, she golf's so she knows golf enough. Um, she kind of gets it. She's definitely one of her best parts of her game is putting. So kind of sometimes when you need a little bit of help where you can't really see what's happening, it's not a judgment thing necessarily. I mean, putting is, I guess, judgment, but like it may be me and you get to the same golf ball a hundred yards from the green. We might play it a totally different way. Okay. Um, so I don't necessarily want her. She might play that shot totally different than me. So I don't really want her input necessarily on how to do that shot. Mm-hmm. But maybe we get to the green. I just can't figure out which way this putt breaks, and maybe she sees it right away. And like I, those are the type of helpful hints she can give. Yeah. Um. She's she's also too that if I get a little frustrated, she she kind of just she just brushes it off. And I'll get frustrated, but I'm I've been pretty good. I've been really good at being able to get away from. I'll be frustrated for that moment and get rid of it. Yeah. Um. Like I I haven't I haven't had. You know, as a kid, I think everybody gets a little can get a little hot and get frustrated and throw a club or throw a bit of a tantrum. I mean, that's you've being never, you've never had that. I definitely have. I've like I definitely have grown out of that. I remember playing one tournament and a guy, um, slammed his putter and broke something in his bag. And it's funny we walked to the next hole and he was still collecting his things and he had a caddy there and he then tossed like the broken club on the ground, and then walked away. 
And my mom pulled me over and she's like, if you ever do something like that, I'll never caddy for you again. And I was like, totally agree. Like he was, he was, he was embarrassing, right? So I was like, I'll never embarrass my mother like that or anybody. I mean, if you were caddying for me, I still would never break a club and chuck it on the ground. Like, hey, go get my broken shit and bring it to me. No. So the kid but, made the caddy go get his shit that he broke. He just yeah, he basically swung his. He, he, I think he like five putted a green, and he's playing really good. He five putted a green. He he swung at his his putter at his bag, and I don't know if he broke the putter or the bag itself. He might have broke the bag. And he's knocked it over and kind of yard sailed the bag and whatever. Just you know, tossed the club down on the bag or whatever. Not. I don't want to say he like threw it down like pick my stuff up necessarily, but he was kind of like you know chucked his putter down, move on to the next one, like kind of meet mm-hmm. me at the tee box kind of thing. Yeah. It was just a little bit. It was a little bit over the top, but, but I guess to to answer your question about the caddies, I mean, I think on the pro level, they want obviously somebody they can get along with and kind of I think want to be able to if guys want to stay loose. Um, there's probably guys who who want to just stay super focused and have a caddy who basically almost minds their own business a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, some a lot of guys are using family members of some sort. Um, I like that. It's funny, like Henrik Sensen, I think uses his wife is his caddy. Um, Dustin Johnson's brother is his caddy. Um, so there's guys who, and I think... Uh, Phil Mickelson, I'm pretty sure. His, yes, Phil Mickelson. Yeah. He just won. He had, his brother was his caddy when he won. So, like, guys use some family members and stuff. So, like, for the same reason that... Now, those guys obviously put in a lot of work. They Caddies go out before tournaments, and they pace off things. Now, it's funny, because now they're allowed to use range finders that are, like, for the first tournament two weeks ago. Is that the, like... Uh, yeah, so they're yeah. allowed to do the kind of... It, which is good, because it saves time, for sure. But it used to be, like, a guy would go out, he's pacing it, okay... From the tee box to that rock over there, from the front of this tee box to that rock is 236 yards. And then from that rock to the middle of that green or front of that green is 197 yards. So then they're in the middle of fairway and he paces off that rock and he's so they kind of been doing the math. They've basically pre-planned some stuff and then they, they do the math from there. So that's what caddies do a lot of, obviously. And, um, that definitely doesn't happen on the amateur level at all. And there's even, I would say even on the professional level, on the, like the corn Ferry tour just below the PGA, there's a lot of those guys who, uh, well, when the tournament was hosted that one at Ashburn here, there's guys who showed up and didn't have a caddy. So it was just people would sign, you could, you could sign up and be a caddy. So really your job is to, it's just to kind of yeah. cater to them for the day. Just like Happy uh, Gilmore and the homeless guy. Yeah, walk, yeah, that's exactly it. You just somebody to carry your clubs. <laughs> so you don't have to get, you know, tired yeah. of carrying your clubs. Yeah. And, you know, just do kind of some minor stuff, clean my golf ball, whatever. But um, I think on the pro level, they that's what I mean. The caddies can make some pretty decent money. If you win a golf tournament, you win two mil, get 10% of that. I mean, you had a pretty good day. Not you bad. You know what I mean? A pretty not good bad. week. Um, it's it's not easy work that they got to do, to, yeah. you know, in the weather. Sometimes you just pour down rain or it's super hot or whatever. But I think at the, at the pro level, they play a pretty big part. Yeah. I mean, if you had – say you had every, everybody in the tournament – have a caddy and then one person not have a caddy just literally carry their own golf bag out there. Um, they'd be, I think they'd be kind of lost. I mean, the guys do that stuff in their practice rounds, obviously all the time, but, um, but, but caddying in golf, it's kind of, um, places like you go to Cape Breton and play a cabot. They have caddies there for you to kind of show heard you. that you kind of show you. And then those guys, I think they kind of show you around the course some too. So like they might tell you, okay, you see that that stake there or that tree in the background? You, if you're right of that tree, you're going to fall off into the into the woods. Like So you got to be left of that. So it's kind of nice to have some – you've got some local caddies at places. You know, they've got that – you might go to, to Dominican. Yeah. And you get there and there's a young kid, and he might not even play golf. He yeah. just knows, you know, avoid the water that's over there you can't see from here and stuff like that. So there's lots of different variations of what caddies are used for. Yeah. Um, like I said, for me personally, like I just like to – 
to stay loose. Like I'll pick a friend or somebody like that who's just kind of I can chit chat, make jokes about, and yeah. and whatever. And it's funny. Not allowed to drink now during the tournaments, but I remember playing at Northumberland. My mom was caddying for me, and I in the, the last round I was playing awful. And after the ninth hole, I went over to the tenth tee. We get there and we're waiting for the group in front of us to kind of clear out. And and mom was like, she put the bag down. She's like, I gotta, I gotta run the bathroom. And uh, and so she runs off to the bathroom, and which is pretty standard for her. She'll kind of just after nine holes, she'll run to the washroom, whatever. And then um, she comes back. She she had three Coors Light for me on the number ten tee box that she had picked up the canteen on the way back. So <laughs> she was kind of like knowing that I wasn't going very good, and I was maybe getting a little bit frustrated, whatever. And she's like, man, I'm gonna get him a couple beer. So it was funny. I remember like absolutely crushing one on the tee. Yeah. And I think I ended up playing that back nine, maybe like even power or something. I had done fairly poorly on the front nine but yeah. not like it was the magical juice I don't want to say that it was like it had f- completely fixed me up but it's like yeah, those are the yeah, types yeah. of things that's kind of cool having my mom come around for it's just I love that kind of those quick little those little pick me ups or, or she'll just say some weird shit she's like she just come up to me and like like elbow me in the ribs like what the fuck did you do that for <laughs> <laughs> like, I obviously didn't mean to, Mom. But, like, she knows kind of the time to kind of just give me a jab and yeah, kind of yeah, just yeah. kind of snap out of whatever funk I might be in and stuff like that. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. I feel like the common thread here is just having someone that allows you to stay calm. Yeah, and I think you can – and you can find that probably when you're playing partners too, right? Like, yeah. not they're not carrying your bag and stuff like that or whatever or, or giving you pointers. But uh, I think guys will probably agree – for people like me anyways, I like to have a good time when I play – no matter if I'm playing for money, if I'm playing just by myself, whatever, I like to be able to kind of just, or in competition or whatever, but I, like, I, I just like to enjoy myself on the golf course. So yeah. it's always good if you can have guys, sometimes you play with guys you never met before, but they're, you know, good people oh. and they're fun to be with. And sometimes there's, you know, people kind of pick their own groups. Like every Sunday morning, I play with like the same guys every time. It's because they're guys I enjoy being around and we normally, you mm. know, have a half decent time when we play. So mm. um, that makes golfing feel a little bit easier too right if you go out there and you get out there and there's some jerk you're playing with that you can't stand it's probably gonna kind of come out in your you know kind of come out in your game a little bit it's a big energy sport big vibe sport like you know if you're with a foursome and you're with three group of guys that are just all positive happy to be there ready to play some golf yeah. it, it, could, it could be the best four hours of your life but if you have that one uh that one rotten apple there it can definitely ruin the four hours of your life it's not the best yeah um back to the caddy thing really quick i could listen to uh steve williams talk all day oh yeah i i i'm a big youtube fan of that guy his interviews and some of the things he says about tiger and the tournaments that he's been on and in the in the situations that he's been in with tiger and, yeah and how he's gotten out of them I, I could listen to that guy talk all day and i don't know if it's his australian accent or <laughs> yeah. what it is but or not new zealand accent yeah, sorry. yeah he draws you in and uh it, it, there's just something about that guy when he talks about sports that just kind of hypnotizes you it, it's it gets unbelievable it's, it's an interesting caddies are just such an interesting dynamic because like they don't exist anywhere else they're not a, they're not a coach you know they're not on the you know yeah. in golf you've got coaches you've got swing coaches and you've got training coaches and stuff like that um they're almost i mean they're they're almost part of the team you know what i mean it's an individual sport but they're part of your team they're you know they're almost like they might be the backup goalie you know what I mean? Yeah, like that's a good. In a way, I like, like that. I like that. Where they're they're kind of they're there to hit, like you know you go and you do a warm up. You know the backup goalies just they're taking shots. You know they're they're not playing tonight unless the other guy plays awful. But they go into the game not knowing they're not going to play, but they're there to give you some warm up shots, yeah. right? They're there for for you to kind of be ready, and that's you know I guess that's what kind of caddies are in a way kind of there for. But they don't really. There's no other sport where you've got somebody like that that kind of just follows you around and and helps as much as they can. You yeah. know it's. I don't want to say that they're like a like a butler or something like that. They don't. They're not gonna just like 
cater to your every last little need. I mean, there's a lot you can, you know, you can unzip your own pouch and get your neutral green bar out of the bag. I mean, he doesn't yeah. have to do, do that stuff for you, but, um, but it's, I mean, there's lots of guys who will probably, I mean, it'd be kind of interesting to hear how many times there's guys who would have been totally lost without a decision a caddy made. It'd be kind of cool to kind of see all, almost see like compilation because I'm sure it exists. You listen to, you know, maybe. Maybe that crazy chip that Tiger hold on number sixty eight at Augusta that hung on the lip for like seemed like forever. Oh, Maybe yeah. he wanted to play that a totally different way, but Stevie was like, No, you know what? Like what do you think about playing it over high over here and just letting it fall down? And be like, Okay, yeah. And he goes and holds the shot. I mean, it'd be kinda cool to to see to hear that where a pro who's making millions would have done something t- totally different. But yeah. a caddy's just kinda like, you know what, I got a different idea and let me see like what do you think about it? And see how many times that like yeah. I'm sure I'm sure there's times they they have suggestions that kind of just like no I'm not comfortable with that I don't want to do that yeah but times it's nice to they, have a second opinion and that's it yeah to have and yeah. I think that's probably the most valuable thing that they give sometimes is just that second opinion where yeah. you're just kind of just like anything you might just not think of doing something that way yeah. like, I mean you might be building something yeah and they just like have somebody else like yeah but what if you did this and you're like oh yeah if I did do that it would maybe be a little bit easier yeah. or it would you know be a different outcome or whatever yeah. so it's probably. I think that's probably one thing that, uh, yeah, it's, that, it's a good way to put it. The second opinion on 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 you're the only person. Once you pull the trigger, you're the only person you can blame. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of have that that uh, that that different opinion on how you're going to do something. I could watch that Tygo versus Rocco documentary ten more times. I've probably watched it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I've probably watched it close to six, seven times in the past two months. Really obsessed with it because they paint a picture it's almost like the toronto media how every time toronto plays they 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 paint a story and how something's gonna happen i don't yeah. know but just for that that underdog versus tiger it was uh i don't know i just it, it just it captured me yeah it, it, it the the, the it, you're i find you're really it's it's easy to capture a story within golf you know it's about the person what their background is like and uh, and I guess just how they're playing the field that day and that day uh, with Tiger versus Rock, where I guess that whole week, just really cool. Yeah, really there's cool. well, there's so much availability to find out about people too. So there's always there, there's always a good there, there's always a story of some sort that you can find. Like you said, every week there's yeah. a golf tournament, you can always find a story yeah. of some sort. Um, so you said that Mike Fisaki guy who got money from Justin Thomas, like that's that's pretty cool. And yeah. Some people don't like that because there's you know lots of other people who are trying to make it who, who are in the same situation as this guy. But you know he's a He's a good guy who made an impression on a pro who wanted to give him some money to help him out. Um, but there's always a story you can find, whether it be a good story, like kind of a rivalry thing, or um, like right now, just, like Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Koepka hate each other. Yeah, I but love it. Like everybody's just waiting for those two guys to be paired up together at some point because, you know, I think the the, tea, the people who make the tee times for the for the PGA Tour um, probably want to avoid that. So they they only make the tee times for the first two rounds, and other than that, it's just chance. Right, so they they make threesomes for Thursday, Friday, and then if two guys are in the lead at ten under par after two days, they're playing together on Saturday. So it could happen. Yeah, so it could happen, and that is going to be TV. That's going to be good TV. It's going to be a story, <laughs> no matter what way it goes. It's going to be amazing. Whether one guy shoots sixty and the other guy shoots eighty, whether they get in a fist fight and it's like Bob yeah. Barker beating up Happy Gilmore yeah. again, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be good. But so there's, you know, there's definitely stories to. Um, Every week you can find something. And I think there's, like I said, there's availability find to find something on. All these guys are so available. Their lives you can find out about their their mm-hmm. lives, where they're from. Yeah. You know, um, there's lots of guys. I mean, like Justin Thomas's dad is his his 
swing caddy. So when he or swing coach. So when he goes and wins a tournament and he's swinging it really well and he led the tournament in strokes gained off the tee, which I still don't know how to calculate necessarily, but um, how much better you were at that at against the field. Um, but then you go to find out that his, you know, his, his dad was the one who taught him everything he knows about that. It's just kind of there's good things to find, you know, all the time. It's there's some good stories in golf, man, all the time. I love it, man. We'll have to get out for a round this year. We're coming up on oh, an yeah. hour here. Oh, really? Jesus Christ. But uh, no, we'll definitely have to get out for sure. Yeah. And, well, and yeah, now, now we can actually move around a little bit on the. Uh, have on you the been to Osprey before? I uh, I have been. I haven't been in, in a in a few years, but we, I would. Okay. We have a corporate membership there, so we Sick. have. Uh, we got a bunch of rounds there. Yeah. So come out. We'll, yeah, we'll have I'd to get be around there. Because sure. I know talking to. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because talking to Keel. Yeah, I mean, obviously, his 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 family's involved with Osprey, so I would definitely. Uh, yeah. And I like. I've always liked playing. It's not far away. It's an hour away, so it's not. Yeah. It's It's not. It it's, depends who's in front of you. You can get there in forty five minutes if people are going like nice and good speed on the highway. Yeah. You get there quickly. But yeah. we'll, we'll figure something out. We'll have we'll have some fun. This episode's actually coming out tomorrow, so that means the Habs and Leafs game will be over. So, do you want to make your prediction now? So, ooh, okay. So, it's funny because I, I you got to remember though, people are going to be listening to yes, this and know the result. Oh, okay. that's that's okay. that that's. Oh, I guess yeah. Okay, so they're going. That's fine. So everyone knows already. That's fine. You got to. But think. okay, so I'm a Blackhawks fan, so this is pretty. It's easy for me to make a neutral prediction. I mean, I think. Uh, I think Toronto's de- I mean, Toronto's easily the better roster. There's way more pressure on Toronto. Montreal's got nothing to lose. I think the catalyst in the game might be Carey Price might be Carey Price. And my prediction my prediction is that Montreal is going to I don't know what the score will be. I think Montreal might shut out Toronto. I I think I'd like to see Toronto move on. I I'd, I'd like Toronto to shed the I don't know, to shed that 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 choker, the curse. The curse. Yeah, I'd like to see them move on. I really would, and because I mean, I think if they got healthy, I mean they're missing a few bodies right now. If they get healthy, I think they could yeah. be, yeah. And then and Johnny T, I don't know when he's going to be back in. I mean, he was skating around, which is crazy to he's see. Not that, he's no, not playing. No, but to see him get yeah. buckled like that and to see him skating, I was amazed that he was even on skates. Um, oh yeah. But uh, but if they get healthy again, I mean, I don't know. Who knows? I mean, it's hockey. You could get if Campbell comes gets hot, gets hot in net, or I don't know if they turn to Anderson. Or something. I'd like to see Toronto move on, but I just have a feeling. I just got this this strange feeling that that Carey Price is going to turn into like. 2016 Carey Price and just be sick. You have history. You're thinking of history because Toronto, at least the, I don't, you know, in the past ten years they haven't gone past the first round. I don't yeah. think. Yeah, I saw a thing today. They were they're seven in one in game sevens at home in in their history. Oh really? Yeah, seven and one at home. The only time they lost was 1993 to the L.A. Kings. Oh, it's I've read it once. I don't know how the hell I remember that, but um, so history's on their side right. a little bit. All right, so, I'm going. Uh, I'm going. Uh, buh, 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 buh. I'm going Montreal. Three two. Okay, I was gonna. I, I'm thinking in my head. I didn't want to put a score. I, I'm putting three nothing on the score. Three nothing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Definitely, I'm going, definitely gonna be an empty netter on there. But the th- I'm just. I'm putting some. I'm putting my money on Carey Price, and, and I pretty well. I can't wait for Toronto to come out and score 35 seconds in and just kill my prediction. But but no, that that uh, yeah. Well, yeah, because you said three nothing. Yeah, I'm going three nothing. I'm going the shadow. Like I'm putting. Right. I'm putting. I'm. I'm not gonna put any money on it. I'll definitely put my mouth on it. I'm putting. I'm just saying three nothing. All right, <laughs> Lenny, you're the man. Thank you for coming out. I yeah, appreciate man. it. Thank you. We will right, have to get. It. We are going to get out to yes, Osprey. Yes, we will get. We'll get down to Osprey for sure. Everyone listening to uh, the podcast, thank you very much for tuning in. I, th- you know, as we did this podcast, and I'm pretty sure 20 minutes before the podcast started, things started to open up. So we're excited to have more guests back into the studio. Um, that's all I got to say. Thank yeah, I guess you very we get much. some. We get some. You be able to do a little bit of travel now, so we can get down. We can get down to Osprey without feeling like we're breaking the rules. Well, yeah, exactly. We're going to be doing a lot more stuff now, so things have opened up, and well, I don't want to. I don't want to jump conclusion. We're happy. We're healthy. We're having fun. <laughs>
and uh, go Montreal. Here we go. We're out. Peace. Come and see me now, not another time You should come and see me on the regular I don't know if we'll find a better time Where were you this whole time? Come and see me now, not another time You should come and see me on the regular I don't know if we'll find a better time Cause I've been sleeping with a pistol in my bed I'd rather have you here instead I gotta get out of my own So don't keep me waiting You love me how you love me Then just say it Oh, yeah Oh, yeah Oh, yeah Girl, what's the hold up? Come take me over You came the closest We should be closer Oh, yeah